We've Been Around the Block is a podcast coming to you from the heart of the KZN Midlands. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Anton Jarvi, and my guest today is Grant Pringle. Hello, Ant. Thank you for having me again on your podcast. Grant, you are a very loyal supporter of the podcast. Thank you very much for coming in. Last had a good chat just before harvest season. And um, tell us, how did the season plan out for you guys in the field? So, yeah, and um, I think the season was was a lot wetter than, than we used to experiencing, as, as we would have discussed at that point um, before harvest. But across the board, I think most farmers would have been relatively satisfied with the results that they got. Uh, and I think in particular, crops like soybeans and sunflower, they seem to handle the, the wet conditions a little bit better than crops like maize. And dry beans. Uh, maize and dry beans, yes. Mm. The dry beans in particular, the, the quality and yields were not what one would have hoped for. But the soybeans in particular, I think, surprised a lot of folks. And the yields in some of the areas where soyas are not traditionally a go-to crop, the sandier, more western parts of the country, some phenomenal soybean yields came off those hectares. So, yeah, I think overall... When you add the prices back into the into the equation, the farmers generally out there have had a pretty strong season this past harvest year. Right. And so we've actually had two pretty wet years in a row and all the, the dams and rivers are full. You're a fisherman, right? Absolutely. And, and so these full dams are good for fishing? Yes. The extra water allows the um, insects and and plants to proliferate and that allows the fish to grow big and fast so i'm looking forward to a a good couple of of seasons coming up in the lakes and dams of kzn right i'm a little too scared to ask this but i'm going to ask anyway do you fly fish or do you use worms (laughs) and if it's legal I, i will do it generally so fly fishing worms bait oh my goodness lures yeah Live bait. Oh, oh goodness, yeah. <laughs> so I've got a, a wet season story about fishing. So, you know, I plant some experiments out in the west and generally that's a very dry area and not for the last two seasons. And I was driving on a dirt road in four-wheel drive through the mud and everything and, and I saw this little face peep out through the, the bushes on the side. And when I got to the spot on the road, I saw a farmer and his children sort of shin deep in the fields where the, the river had overflowed and they were busy fishing for catfish with forks. And they were looking rather embarrassed to be caught fishing with a fork. And I would say that that's probably at the bottom end of the fishing spectrum. So I'm disappointed to hear you, you use worms, but um, <laughs> but thankfully you don't, at least you, I don't thank use you, a pitchfork. Yeah, you don't use a pitchfork. But I guess if if the fish are swimming in your in your maize or soybean fields, they they're out of their environment and they and they must take their punishment as meted out. I guess. Yeah, yeah. So Grant, today what what I'd like to do is I'd like to discuss the agronomic strategies that we may follow for this coming season, given that we've had two very wet seasons in a row. There are some agronomic strategies that we could follow, and I would like to go through and debate these. No, great. And I think that'll, that'll be of value to, to all your listeners out there. Right. So after a short break, we'll get back to the strategies. Ow. 
This episode is sponsored by Panar Seed. So Grant, you've been with Panar for many, many years. In your opinion, what makes Panar different from other seed companies? Yeah, and I think the big difference between Panar and many of the other seed companies out there is that Panar has been at this in the South African context for over 60 years. And I think that length of time in the market has allowed Panar to understand the conditions and the attitudes of the South African farmer very, very well. And obviously with that understanding and access to world-class germplasm and information, you know, I think it puts us in a very, very strong position to give our customers the right advice and the right information and the right products for every hectare on, on their farm. Yeah, Grant, I think that is a very good summary of Panar's strength. And, and it's been people like you who've been bringing us these fantastic products <laughs> with your, with your long-standing re- research programs in the South African space that I think adds a lot of value to a brand like Panar. Yeah, so you know I'm going to cut that out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I just have to say it. <laughs> right, so... I'd like to discuss the agronomic strategies that we might use following two very wet seasons. And what I'd like to do is restrict our discussion to agronomic strategies and not look at economics or climatology or things um, outside of our area of expertise. So I don't know whether you've listened to the podcast from Wandile Sislobo. I haven't, and okay, I'm so- embarrassed to say All right, so he's just started a podcast and he did a very good job in discussing the economic drivers for this coming season in terms of prices and where farmers would be in in terms of economics for the coming season. So what I'll do is I will put a link to Wandila's podcast in the show notes. And so those of you who haven't picked up his podcast can do so very easily. It's worthwhile listening to. So We won't try and get into the prediction of next season's weather, but what we will do is is look at how two wet seasons affect your cultivar choice, affect your rotation strategy, affect many major decisions that you need to make going into this coming season. If you look at any epidemic, the, the starting point of an epidemic is a very important point in terms of where your disease might end up. And so having had two wet seasons, you can understand that we've had a buildup of pests and diseases in the fields. And so from that perspective, rotation is going to be a very important aspect going into this coming season. Yeah, and I think you've hit the nail on the head there. So with those two wet seasons, even environments where we generally don't see a lot of disease, I think we can, with a fair level of certainty, expect there to be more inoculum of of diseases than than what one generally is used to in those environments. And if we do experience a third wet season in a row, the likelihood of, of those inoculum levels giving rise to a significant pathogen load and, and d- disease problem or pest problem, I, I think, is, is a very real possibility. And the strategy of of rotating crops will obviously be very important in helping to break 
those disease con- conditions, right? And and so this actually works across the entire crop spectrum, right? Absolutely. So in any crop that you're going to be planting in your environment, you need to look to switch fields between any crops that you are going to be using. So where you've planted maize tra- traditionally, and you might have been fine for the last five years doing maize on maize, um, I think this is definitely a year where one would, would look to switch out and plant a broadleaf crop, if possible, on, on those hectares. So also, if you just look at, at the crops in your rotation, what, what you really need to do is perhaps concentrate a little bit more on the more vulnerable crops. And so make very, very sure that you don't under-rotate your most vulnerable crops. And with the way diseases like sclerotinia have been expanding in South Africa and generally across the globe, putting beans on beans or beans on sunflowers or sunflowers on beans is probably not a clever play at at this stage. Yeah, right. What else can we do in terms of rotation strategy for this coming season? So, yeah, and I think in terms of rotation specifically, where you can rotate to different crops in different lands. I think that's as we've discussed now. But I think the other aspect that one can look at is lengthening those rotations if you can. So where you might have gone maize, soybeans, maize, soybeans, it might be good to go to a longer rotation so that you can get maybe two or three seasons in before coming back to a a particular crop. Right. The next thing that we can look at is cultivar choice and and certainly you know we've had two wet seasons in a row and perhaps the data that we've generated in the last two seasons is not indicative of your environment when you look at the long-term average and so i think we need to be aware of this and certainly bring in yield stability as a important selection criteria for your cultivars and i think that that yield stability needs to be over the longer term not just in the past two seasons but maybe something a product that has come with you for a number of years and it might not have done its best yields or been absolutely your top yielder on the farm for the last couple of years under these wet conditions but those are products that you know are stable performers in your environment and Products that have maybe done well in the last two seasons might not necessarily be able to to repeat that performance if things do turn out to be more normal. And when I say more normal, in a, in a more dry or or hotter or more more challenging environment than what we've seen over the last couple of seasons. Right. So actually, the the essence of the discussion or the debate is really to look at multi-season results. And not just the last year or the last two years. Yeah, be careful of stacking your portfolio with recent performance. Um, you know, if, if you go in there with eighty percent of your hectares under the best product from the last season or two, you might be a little bit exposed if things turn out to be a bit different this season. Right, and then on top of that, one of the attributes which assists yield stability is your general defensive package in terms of disease resistance. Right. Sure. Obviously, the better the disease tolerance in a wet year, that product should perform reasonably well. And in a dry year, it should also, you know, be there and thereabouts. Products that are a bit weak on their 
disease portfolio might be very good in a certain year or under certain conditions, but they may lack that stability. Right, right. And so that really brings us back to the the global situation, really, where we are under pressure in terms of being able to access fertilizer and herbicides and fungicides, right? And so if you anticipate the fact that we may struggle to have free access to fungicides this coming season, Mm. uh, a good defensive package would go a long way. Yeah, and and I think that's across your entire planting spectrum. So all the crops that you're going to select, make sure you've got some defensive traits in there in your package. So you know, that you can get away with not being totally exposed if the season is is a difficult disease season. Right. And then actually, as, as you were saying, so if you have multiple crops that you are planting and you do experience problems, supply constraints supply in constraints, terms of your yes, products, yeah. Yeah. That you then perhaps retain those fungicides for your more susceptible part of your rotation. And know what is the, the most susceptible part of your rotation. <laughs> so understanding yeah. the risks of your, your crop spectrum and yeah, knowing where you're going to get the best return for applying those, those products if they are in limited supply. Right. Just to take it one step further then, if we're looking at some of the more susceptible crops and I'm thinking dry beans at the moment. So what do you do if you're going into a season where your soil moisture is, or your soil profile is pretty full? You do stand the chance of having quite wet conditions at planting, even just with a small summer rainfall? Yeah, so that profile is pretty full after the the very wet summer that we've been through. And I think large parts of South Africa have experienced actually higher than average winter rainfall too this past season so what evaporation might have happened has has been topped up to some extent and then if the weather profits are are correct the predictions are for a a wetter than normal start to the planting season i think in certain areas or in certain fields you will find that we have that perched water, water table or the the wet conditions right close to the surface and that poses risks for crops that you're going to seed into those conditions. So what can we do about this? So there's there's a number of strategies we can um, take on the ant. I think one of the most important ones, and that is a good strategy, is seed treatments. We're going to be putting those pips into, into challenging conditions in the soil. Most maize harbors will come with a pretty good spectrum of defensive seed treatments on there. But crops like soybeans and dry beans are often sold as clean seed. And this might be a good year to consider doing some seed treatment with a fungicide or some kind of product that is going to give you some protection while that seed takes a while to germinate under less than favorable conditions. Right. And perhaps something which is which is also very applicable to dry beans is that this season looks like it, it would be a very good season to plant disease-free seed or certified seed at least just so that we have the lowest possible starting point of your epidemic because this is really really important in terms of bean production yeah so as you mentioned earlier that epidemic starts from certain points so 
if you're planting into a, a field with crop residues, those residues act as the starting point. In terms of dry bean, you know, if any seed for that matter, if you're using non-certified or non-disease-free seed, your starting point can be the seed itself that you're putting into that field. And in my opinion, not be the right year to to be trying to... Homegrown stuff. To, to, yeah, to <laughs> plant the homegrown stuff. And, and if you are, then give it a, a seed treatment to help, you know, curb or suppress any diseases that may already be in your fields in, or on, or on, on in the or seed. on the seed too, Correct. right, yeah. yeah. Right, and what are the strategies for wet season? I, I think patience. Is... No, and I, th- I think patience will be critical. And, you know, you often find that with farmers, they get the smell of wet soil in their nose and they just want to start planting from one corner of the farm and get through it as fast as they can. And, you know, if the soil is wet and cold and the weather forecast doesn't look you know, that great in terms of sunshine or or warm weather. It's okay to take a few days off and be a bit patient and wait for the conditions to be conducive again. The risks of of going into a a field that is too wet, you know, you can cause, and this is a particular problem for crops with a taproot. You know, if you get any sidewall compaction or even a a slightly compacted layer under the seed, that taproot doesn't penetrate nicely and you end up with j-rooting and that sets your crop back for the whole season so when you plant you basically set the tone for that crop for that year and you pretty much only get one chance to do it so get it right and and rather wait a couple of days let the tilth be at the right moisture um, content and the and the texture of the soil to be correct that you can plant freely without smearing the soil or creating a Compaction layer. A compaction layer on the side walls with the, with the planter or, or underneath the seed. You know, all of those things are so critical at the beginning of the season. And, you know, two or three days can make a huge difference in the, in the way you plant the seed. But at the end of the season, those two or three days waited are highly unlikely to impact the end results if you got your seed into the ground correctly. Yeah, right. Um, well, Grant, I think you've given us a lot of food for thought. What we've been doing is offering our opinions on how to strategize for this coming season, and it should not be construed as advice, right? There are different situations in almost every farming operation, and I think if producers have at least thought about the implications of planting after a really wet season or into a soil profile that is highly charged with moisture, then half the problem is one already. No, I, th- I think so. And, and yeah, as you say, that what we've been discussing today are maybe strategies and broad ideas. And I think it would be wise to consider them as such, but give it some consideration. I mean, this is the next season's crop that you're going to be putting in the soil. And I think if you can think about some of these aspects, they will definitely stand you in good stead and allow you to make hopefully a, a more informed decision about how you process your planting season this, this coming year. Right. Well, Grant, thank you very much for, for chatting to us. And until next time, it's been a guest. Take care.